Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, a Friday, November 5th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Head to the weekend. Big game coming up tomorrow for the Flyers against the Washington Capitals. But the Flyers now coming off a loss in overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins. A depleted Penguins roster comes away with the two points. Flyers come away with just one, the overtime loss point. His shots in the game were 38-36 to in the Flyers' favor. It was a wide-open hockey game at points, and that didn't play into the team that had uh, a better roster on the ice. That's not the way the Flyers wanted to play that game. That allows Pittsburgh to, to stay in the game, and even though the Flyers outshot the Penguins by two shots with a 38, I thought the Penguins had way more of the good scoring opportunities than the Flyers had. Flyers seem to be settling a little too much for shots from the outside with no screen, no bodies around the net. Jari did make some good saves in the game, some big saves, in particular one on Oscar Lindblom in the first period. He made some other good ones throughout the game, but uh, I don't think the Flyers got in and around his blue paint enough to really to disrupt him and disrupt his ability to track pucks and ultimately uh, come away with just the two goals. And the second one of those two goals comes off of uh, a horrible turnover by Matheson in the Penguins zone behind his net. And it ends up uh, getting uh, out to uh, Scott Lawton on a pass from James Van Riemsdyk and a one-time bomb gets past Jari. But really in the game, Flyers with a, a high quantity of shots, but not enough quality in the game. We just talked about that on yesterday's episode when we were evaluating the goaltending, and one of the Twitter questions was about the Flyers getting out shot, and I went on my usual rant about it. it's not about quantity, it's about quality. I think this is a great example of that. This is a lot of shots, 38 by any measurement. That is a lot of shots in the National Hockey League, but again, it wasn't about quantity. They didn't have enough quality in there, and maybe there's a little bit of a uh, overcorrection from the mentality of last year that they passed too much to the mentality of shoot, shoot, shoot this year. There's a, a balance somewhere in between there. Sometimes you can take a shot, and if it's not a high danger chance or a good you know, high IQ shot that a rebound can come and you can have guys in front to bang away at that rebound, sometimes that shot turns the offensive possession into a one-and-done. And then now you have, you know, you're in on the four check and you're kind of dictating the terms, then you take a bad shot and all of a sudden you're all your four check is for naught because the play's over. The goalie makes it a rather easy save per se. And I think we saw some of that in this Penguin game. So maybe a little bit of a not going back to what they were last year. Here you shoot, no you shoot and handing the puck off on a 3 on 1 and then ultimately you end up with no shot. Uh, but you got to you have to move the puck east-west in this game. Get the goalie moving side to side. You got to get screens. You got to get guys down low and around the blue paint for rebounds. And the Flyers just didn't do enough of that in the game. Let me look at the Penguin goals. The first goal of the game, 16 seconds in, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen gets a little lost in the coverage as the rotation of Penguins players happens. Brock McGinn finds himself in front. Ristolainen's kind of in between two players. And when you're in between, you're not really covering either. And it's a perfect redirect right on the doorstep of Hart off the shot from the point. That's how their first goal goes in. Their second goal is, you know, you look at Gensel. He whiffs on the shot. That throws the play into a bit of chaos and makes the read very difficult. But the only reason that shot goes in 
is because Jeff Carter provides a great net front screen that makes it hard for Hart to track that puck and be able to make that save. So that's what the Flyers need to do a little bit more of. And on the postgame show, talking with Brian Smith, I was talking about it. And really, my concern right now, I'm not going crazy. I'm not going to freak out. It's a hockey season. It's long. There's going to be ebbs and flows. I think there's some players still learning this system. Even though some, you know, some of those players got off to a great start, like Cam Atkinson, I think there's still an element of a learning period that some of players are going through and learning how to play with each other. You got, you got to remember too, there's six or seven new faces here in the lineup. Even though Ryan Ellis was not in the lineup, and they could sure use him back, but when you look at it, I didn't like obviously the Calgary game where they didn't show up and they got beat four to nothing. Uh, Hart played great in that game. I didn't like the first two periods of the Arizona game, and the third period was obviously good. They went out and they scored three goals, and they grabbed the game, and and they took the two points, and Hart got a shutout. And then in this game, I didn't love a lot of elements of it either. And the things I didn't love were letting the game get wide open and run and gun is not the way you wanted to play the Penguins with uh, a lineup that was devoid of their main talent, a lot of their main talent. And then also the 38 shots – that's no feather in their cap because, again, not enough of those shots were high danger chances. All right, so let's look at the game-winning goal, the Chris Letang goal. And I got a lot of people on Twitter saying, Hart struggles on wraparounds. Why is his pad not down? And, you know, what happened on the goal? Did Letang push him into the net? Did No. I, I looked at this several times, and we did a bit of a breakdown on the postgame show. The, the way I read what happened here is the initial shot comes, Hart goes down to make the save. But the shot is blocked and it hits the end boards. So Hart goes from the save position in the butterfly to a blocker side post integration. So he pushes back to his post. And then as the wraparound's coming around from Latang on a quick action play like that, he pushes to his left post. His pad is clearly on the ice. And Latang goes for the stuff. Latang well, actually doesn't really get a good wraparound opportunity because he kind of pushes it more into the middle of Carter's pad. But where the problem lied is there's two elements as to why the goal went in. Number one, on the push from the, the right post to the left post, Carter pushes a little too deep and his foot does not anchor on the post. So it causes his body, when his foot is inside the post, it causes his body in that explosive move from one post to the other to slightly over-rotate. And with his foot now inside the net, that opens up that spot to angle the pad and have the puck go off the pad, then travel toward the goal line and ultimately just over the goal line. So it was just a precision miss of the skate on post to anchor that, that pad and that leg to the post there and the over-rotation in that bang-bang play is why the puck ultimately ends up going in. It's a tough play because it happens really fast because of the block shot, uh, but ultimately that's how it went in. It wasn't that his leg wasn't down. He's not a goaltender that struggles on wraparounds. That's not something that's in his book of ways to beat him is to try wraparounds. He's very efficient in movement. He's great at post integration. This was just a slight over-rotation because his left foot didn't get skate on post. So um, that's that's not part of the equation that he's a goalie that's bad at wraparounds. I think we saw a game earlier this season, as a matter of fact, where the Flyers attacked. I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. 
a goalie with wraparound opportunities and he wasn't very good at it. I think that was actually that was actually against Edmonton and Koskinen. And I had remember texting during the game because the Flyers scored two wraparound goals, both on the blocker side. And I remember texting Kevin Woodley from In Goal Magazine and the goalie guru from Sportsnet and asking him if that was the book on him. And, and he said, I haven't watched the game, but were they on the blocker side? And he had a trouble, you know, with post seals along the ice on the blocker side. And the Flyers exploited it twice in that game. Uh, but Carter is a guy that can move very efficiently in that and Usually not an issue for him, just a slight over-rotation and a little miss of his mark. And the Penguins ultimately end up grabbing the two points. Flyers, it's a missed opportunity. It was a depleted lineup. Uh, but, again, these things will happen in a season. But to me, the, 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 the worry is not in the result of the Penguin game. It's in the process of the Penguin game. And coupled with the first two periods against Arizona— and the last game of the road trip against Calgary. Now, they have to go out and take care of business tomorrow night, turn the page, go to Washington, and and play a really good game. The process needs to clean up a little bit. You have to wonder if we're getting to that point, too, because the second line has slowed down in scoring considerably. The Broussard, Farabee, and Atkinson line at 5-on-5. Five five. The top line has had moments where it's been really good, and the third line from... A defensive standpoint, 5-on-5 five five has been very good with Scott Lawton, James Van Riemsdyk, and Oscar Lindblom, but just hasn't put up a lot of points, even though Lawton tied the game last night and had goal has goals in two straight games. Uh, you got to wonder if this is the point where Elaine Vigneault starts to juggle things up to try and find a spark, or does he wait until Wednesday when Kevin Hayes is available to come back and get back in the lineup and then maybe make your juggle then? I'm not sure if, what he's going to do. But um, it may be in order to try a new combination. Maybe you move Atkinson up to the top line uh, and exchange him and Konechny. So it would be Sean Couturier centering Claude Giroux and Cam Atkinson. And then the second line would be Derek Broussard with uh, Travis Konechny on one wing and Joel Farabee on the other. I, I think maybe we could see that on Saturday. But, you know, after last year when juggling lines and deep pairings was so prevalent. We haven't seen that yet this year, with the exception of, you know, Nicholas Albe-Kugel coming uh, out of the lineup, a healthy scratch. He's been good since he's come back. Fourth line actually had a couple good opportunities, and you would expect them to in a game like this where the Penguins don't have their usual depth. But uh, we'll see if Elaine Vigneault decides to, to juggle a few things up coming up here on uh, Saturday night. Power play did get back in, in the good graces with a power play goal. Um, but they went 10 straight power plays without a goal. They made some changes, putting Atkinson on that top unit and Provorov on that top unit and dropping JVR and Keith Yandel to the second unit. We'll see if they decide to, to make any changes there, maybe go back to Yandel on that top unit. Konechny had a beautiful goal on the power play in a position that was a new look. Like Usually Konechny's the bumper player, and he's kind of in that trigger position for a low to high play, um, but... This time, he's kind of as the net front side net presence guy and gets that pass, flicks it from his backhand to his forehand and just absolutely elevates the puck and goes shelf with it. So another different look for the power play, and they executed it and and got the goal. At the time, it tied the game at one. So we'll see if there's changes to come Saturday night. Elaine Vigneault said after the game, and we're going to hear from him in a second, that he liked a lot of elements of the game, and he loved the way that Carter played, and Carter was great again. But 
I don't believe him. <laughs> I, I think that there's elements of this game. I think he was almost uh, being kind to his team here. You know, you never know a coach's motivation and why they term things certain ways. At 38 shots is 38 shots, yeah, but again, they need more quality over quantity. But uh, I get the sense that maybe he didn't love the process, and he's, I, coaches hate when games are wide open like this game was at points. So we'll see if he makes changes coming up on Saturday, uh, tomorrow night against the Washington Capitals. We only have one regulation loss. They have four overtime losses, five regulation wins. So we'll see how that part of the equation plays out uh, for the Flyers against the Washington Capitals. So let's throw it to Elaine Vigneault right now, post-game, after the Flyers lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Here's what the head coach had to say. Yeah, I did. I mean, uh, obviously the puck went in the net. Uh, unfortunate we're uh, in the offensive zone. We win the draw and could have gotten that puck, and Latang jumped on it, and we never got it back. He went up the ice, uh, shot was blocked, and he was able to take the puck around the net and stuff it. So is a uh, it was a hell of a game. No, I mean, it, it, I mean, we came out, we lost the draw, but our four check-in from there was exactly what we want. Uh, unfortunately, Coots went to dump it in, the puck bounced. They were able to get it deep in our zone, and then from there, they just got it right up top, and uh, we lost coverage down low. Guys close to the net got just a, enough of stick on it to get it by Carter, but... Uh, we did, I mean, when we lose a draw a certain way, we've got a certain way we want a forecheck. We did exactly what we wanted. They got a couple of shots uh, after that, but all from the outside. Love the way we played. I mean, that first period, we got plenty of scoring chances. Came uh, came out of that, with you know, trailing by one, tied the second period, found a way to uh, win the third, you know, tied it up late in, the, in that game. And I thought it was a great game. Both goaltenders, uh, made some big saves at the right time. Uh, our power play got us a goal. You know, we're not going to be perfect on the ice, but we got some good looks offensively. Uh, Carter made some big saves when he had to, and both teams battled hard, and they won it uh, in overtime. We discussed the play of the third line, how they've been generating opportunities but weren't able to capitalize finally tonight. They were out. Yeah, I mean, their there's, there's zone time, their possession time, their shot time. Uh, I, I got to think it's it's one of the, the better ones. And, you know, I keep believing that if they keep playing the way they are right now, they're going to get rewarded. They got and it helped our team get a, a point out of tonight's game. Uh, but they're getting so many good looks and make some great opportunities. They got to keep playing the way they are and stick with the, uh, the right process. Is there any concern about the amount of quality chances you guys are coming up? You mentioned Carter having a great game, but mm -hmm. he had a lot of clean looks, he, you know, a lot of really tough chances. Same thing for the other team. They're cool. They had some big saves he had to make. That's part of today's game. I mean, uh, you know, you need uh, great goaltending. We're getting some. They got some. Uh, last game, it was the same thing against Phoenix. I mean, uh, goaltenders are a big part of today's uh, game, and you need you need it. And, uh, you know, Carter made some big saves, but so did their goalie tonight. Do you look at it as a missed chance with the Penguins missing some of their top players? Or I know before the game you said you – Expected the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing extremely well, ex extremely hard, and they've been playing, uh, you know, the right type of hockey. Uh, you know, we're missing a couple key elements. They're missing a couple of key elements. That's just part of the game. All right, there's head coach Elaine Vigneault.
after the Flyers lose in overtime to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're back at it tomorrow against the Washington Caps. With the point the Flyers do grab in this game, they do uh, move ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the standings. They're tied in points at 12, both through nine games. Flyers with a record of 5-2-2. and Columbus with a record of 6-3-0. The Caps are the team just ahead of the Flyers in the standings. Caps have played 10 games but have 14 points. And uh, they're tied with the Rangers, who have also played 10 games. And at the top of the division is the undefeated, unblemished Carolina Hurricanes at 9-0. So Flyers, chance to get back at it tomorrow night, clean up the process a little bit, and uh, have a good game in their second Metropolitan Division matchup of the season, this time against Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Caps. All right, everybody, have a great Friday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll bring you another brand new one coming up tomorrow, game day edition. In the meantime, start your weekend off right, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily. (laughs) 